Hey, it's Matt, and welcome to Wednesday Night Whenever, the podcast that brings you into our um, our student ministry here at Watson Baptist Church here in Watson, Louisiana. Thank you for tuning in again. Um, this week we're back to basics, um, looking at you know basic Christian theology so that we can understand um, you know why we believe what we believe and have and have confidence in being able to share with others our our faith. Um, because there is, there's a lack of confidence today in the church. Um, you know, and tonight I actually shared some, some statistics, um, regarding sharing our faith and, 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 and those who, who, who do, um, because there is, there's this, this, this lack of, of, of confidence. There's this quietness within the church where we don't want to share our faith. We don't want to share our beliefs. Um, and so, uh, that was really the reason behind doing this study. Like I've shared before, um, just so that, you know these students and you and me, all of us, that we can be equipped in, um, in in having confidence, being able to share our faith, knowing what we believe. And so, um, so this week we're back. You know we've we've already looked at what is faith. We've looked at living by faith. We've looked at prayer, how to pray, and types of prayer. And now t- today we started looking at the Bible, you know God's Word, and, and really just looking at what it is. Um, you know what the Bible is, and so it's it was good. I love I love these things. It's, it's getting into some apologetics, right? You know, being able to defend um, uh, the inerrancy of Scripture, being able to to defend the Bible as as truth, the truth that it is, the truth that it claims to be. And so we got into uh, to what the Bible is tonight. So um, hey, tune. You know, I hope hope you uh, hope you enjoy this. So uh, we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna rewind it back to to Wednesday night. All right. Well, welcome back. Um, I'm so glad that everybody's here tonight, and some 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 faces, you know that that. Uh, hey, I haven't seen you in a couple weeks. Yeah. Uh, I know, but still, y'all, you know, when when I don't see you, when you're not here, you are missed, all of you. Um, notice when you're not here. Yeah, I notice when. Well, I mean, I, I mean. I notice when 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 anybody's not here, but so all of you are missed when you're not around. Just know that. But uh, hey, you know I've got my voice back this week, so I'm really happy about that. You know, last week I was I was under the weather. We got to do, but we got to do Q and A with with Sarah. And if you, by the way, if you missed it, it's 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 recorded. It's online. It's on our podcast. So make sure you check that. Out. It was it was really it was really amazing. It was she shared some some pretty dark stuff and that that God has brought her through. So um, so make sure you check that out. Uh, and y'all, hey, y'all are out of yeah, y'all are out of school this week for Mardi Gras, so that's a thing that that happened. Um, so so that's awesome, something else. Uh, but but you know, I'm I, mean, I am I'm glad that y'all chose to be here tonight and uh, or listen in. But but hey, we're back in our series, back to basic, where we're focusing on basic Christian theology. Um, you know, teach and and, uh, and teaching so that we as believers we can know why we believe what we believe. Um, you know, so we can confidently share. Um, you know, with, with those around us, what it is that we believe. Because at your age, you know, I didn't have that confidence. I didn't, you know, at your age, even, you know, even going back like five years ago, I didn't have that confidence and, and, and sharing my faith, sharing what I, what, what I believed. You know, I was, I was timid and I was shy, uh, when it came to, to sharing my faith and, and, you know, you may be there, you know, you may be there right now, you know, you may be that as well. I mean, it's likely that you are because most believers today do not talk about their faith or, or share, share their faith. Um, Lifeway actually did a poll and found out only 3 in 10 unchurched Americans, 
You know, three out of ten unchurched Americans, so Americans who don't go to church, that's 29%, say a Christian has ever shared with them one-on-one how to become a person, how a, how a person becomes a Christian. 29%. Only slightly more say a Christian has told them about the benefits of participating in a local church, uh, 33%, or the benefits of becoming a Christian at 35%. But here's the thing also. The unchurched say that they're open to having these conversations. You know, close to half of unchurched Americans, uh, 47% say that they would discuss freely if someone wanted to talk about their religious beliefs. That's a pretty good number. And another 31% would, would listen without actively um, per- participating, right? That, I mean, they would just listen. There was no conversation. They would just, they would listen. A few say that they would discuss with some discomfort at 12% or change the subject as soon as possible, 11%. So that's pretty good odds. You know, and sharing your faith with somebody, talking about the gospel with somebody who is, who is not a believer, who is not in church. They're open to it, but nobody's doing it. That's kind of what, what this poll shows, that, that people are open, but, but nobody is doing it. You know, or not many. And so there are thousands of people out there who are open to hearing the gospel that are you know, um, that are open to having these life-changing conversations, but it takes you, it takes us, you know, the church opening up our mouths and to speak and, and share our faith. And, and this, is the, this is the reason for our study, you know, back, going back to the, to the basics, you know, not to make you feel like you're a child, you know, that, that's, not what, you know that's not what it is, uh, or, that, or that you don't already know these things. It's to help equip you for the sole reason of going out and, and making disciples with confidence. Going out and be able to, to have the hard conversations with people in confidence. You know, to be able to share what it is you believe. Why do you go to church? Why do you believe in Jesus? Why do you read your Bible? And, and you can actually share these things and articulate them with confidence. That's why. That's why I wanted to, 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 to do this study. And so my prayer is that you will be able to do that. You know, that you will be able to share your faith confidently and boldly after this time together, after our study together. Um, you know, sharing your faith, it, it requires, you know, that we know what faith is, right? And, and that's what we looked at first. You know, what faith is uh, what, and what it looks like living by faith. And, and we've studied prayer and, you know, we've looked at our need for a prayer life to pray. And then we looked at kind of what, what types of, you know, there, there are types of prayer. And so we've, we went over that. Um, and, uh, you know, remember, you know, Jesus, he explained how we are to pray. And then he even gives us an outline to model our prayer life by. He gives us the Lord's prayer. Remember that. But I can't stress enough the need for prayer in our lives. Like for real, by the way, this is, this is weird. I, I was cleaning out my car today and I found this in the back seat. It's a, one of those flattened pennies, you know, that you get in like, speaking of the zoo, you got, you get in the zoo or things like that. And you know, what's on it? The Lord's Prayer. I don't know where it came from. Like I don't. I don't know. I mean, the only person who sat in my back seat are my are my kids. And I don't. I don't know where they would have gotten this. But um, but yeah, this has the Lord's Prayer on it, so that's kind of neat. Um, I don't know provision. That was God's provision. But uh, but I can't stress to you enough how you know uh, how important prayer is in our life. You know, God sustains us in two ways: through prayer and through reading His Word. And you know, and we need to be praying daily. 
you know, and we need to be talking to him daily and we need to be reading the word as well, reading the Bible daily. And so um, speaking of stats earlier, I, I really, I, I went down a stat rabbit hole. I really did, you know, uh, <laughs> kind of like I go through, you, you know, YouTube rabbit holes, but I went down a statistic rabbit hole. Uh, a third of uh, Lifeway did this poll as well. A third of Americans who attend a Protestant church. So, um, you know, not a Catholic church. So, you know, Baptist would be, would, we would, Qualify there. A third of Americans who attend the Protestant church regularly, thirty-two um, percent say they read the Bible personally every day. Thirty-two, thir- only thirty-two percent. Around a quarter, uh, so about twenty-seven percent, say they read it a few times a week. So they they crack it open a few times a week. Not many. Few say they only read it once a week. So that's our every Sunday people, right? You know, they open it up during Sunday, during during worship. A few uh, a few times a month at eleven percent. And then once a month at 5%, and then close to 1 in 8, so 12% admit they rarely or never read the Bible. I mean, that's staggering. Those, those stats are, are staggering, and, uh, and we wonder why the church is quiet today in, in the midst of compu- uh, confusion and depravity. You know, there, there's a lack of confidence in, in, in sharing our faith because we don't know it. We don't, we don't know and understand the word of God, and, and, and we're not seeking to know it because we're not opening in our Bibles. We're not taking in God's word on a daily basis. So how are we going to have confidence in sharing our faith or sharing our, you know, why we believe in Jesus, why we go to church? How are we going to share the gospel if we're not reading it? And we wonder why the church is so quiet today. So tonight, tonight we're going to get to know God's word a bit, okay? We're going to get to know God's word and, and we're going to look at what the Bible is and, and really what it isn't. So at an early age, I don't know about you, but I, I developed a love for reading. Anybody else love to read? Y'all like, yeah. Yeah, good. Um, and I, the thing is, I've always had like an overactive imagination, you know, um, I can see vividly in my head the words that I'm reading on, on a page. Uh, and, and I think, you know, I get that. I know it. I don't think it. I know it. I, I get this love of reading from my parents. Um, both my parents love to read. Um, they would read to me at night as a, as a kid. Uh, I remember, you know, reading, the, you know, my parents reading to me the Chronicles of Narnia, you know, and um, all, sort, all sorts of books. And uh, something that, you know, I, I do that with my own kids. Uh, Dylan, the youngest one, I've, I've, he's been wanting me to read Harry Potter to him. So, uh, you know, and, 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 and Brody, he, he gets, um, you know, I think there's some in here that like Percy Jackson, he's been reading the Percy Jackson books. And so, um, so, you know, we, we read to our kids now as well, but, uh, I, I enjoy reading like sci-fi fantasy. I enjoy comics. I just bought like four comics I didn't need yesterday, but it's, it's fun to escape into a book for a while, isn't it? For those of you who like to read, isn't it fun to kind of escape into a book, just you know, for a little while? But uh, no, <laughs> but uh, but you know, th- those books that I like to read, um, you know, what what they don't do, they don't they don't encourage me. Uh, I'm not saying they're like they they discourage me, but they don't give me encouragement. You know, I don't read comics for instruction on how to live in a broken world. Tony Stark, you know, he's not that smart. I don't I don't feel spiritually full after after reading like the Time Machine by um Orson Welles. Yeah, it is. But but I need I need more. You know, I need I need more in my life. You know, I need to be I need to read the word of God. I need it. You know, I need the Bible. We need the Bible. 
And so tonight we're going to get to know God's word, um, you know, what, what it is. So, so what is it? What is, what is the Bible? Uh, actually, you know, a few weeks back, or it's probably about a month ago now, uh, Andrew actually taught on this exact subject. Um, you know, what the Bible is and, and, uh, and, and, and what it is, is God's revelation to mankind. You know, the, the, at the simplest definition, you know, it's, it's God's revelation, revelation to mankind. It's our only source of, of completely reliable information about God, what happens when we die and where history is headed and, and you know, and how we view the Bible and its truth and, and authority in our lives has made, has major impact on the spiritual formation of our lives. You know, one thing is it, that that's that's vastly important is that we should that is that we should know and realize regarding uh, regarding God's word. God's word is that Second Timothy three sixteen through seventeen, who what we should all know by heart. You know, all Scripture is is God breathed, or all Scripture is inspired by God, and it's profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, and for training in righteousness so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work, right? And man here, man, woman, it means mankind. It means humanity, all of us. This is essentially what the, this is what the Bible is. You know, it's the inspired words of God that are used to teach, rebuke, correct, and train, all for the sole purpose of becoming right with God, complete and equipped, and to be used for good works that bring glory to him. And having this view of the Bible is, is important to our spiritual formation. You know, we, we, we should also uh, have a want to know about the Bible. You know, so we know what it is. It's God's inspired words, right? And so, but, but you know, we, sh- we should have a want to know about the Bible, you know, its contents, how it came to be. And, and not just for trivia night purposes, you know, not just to have some random facts that you can throw out um, at trivia night, but, but, to be, but all to be intimately familiar with, with, with God's word the book that has the power to shape our life. And I don't want to, you know, I'm not going to, I don't want to reteach what Andrew already taught. I'm not, I don't want to do that, you know, because he went over it quite, uh, you know, quite well. He, he, he went over it very well. Uh, but I really just want to lay out what the Bible is and what it consists of. Um, so just some facts about the Bible and, and what it consists of. It's, it, it's a library, right? You know, the Bible is a library of books. Um, the, the Bible is a, a library of 66 books written by 44 authors, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit over uh, a period of about 1,500 years. And, it, it, the, and so that there's the 39 books of the Old Testament, and they were composed between 1,400 to 400 B.C., and the 27 books of the New Testament between eight, uh, 50 A.D. to A.D. 100. Okay, so a while back. Uh, the Old Testament, or testament means covenant, right? And so it refers to the covenant that God entered into with Abraham and the people of Israel. So we have the old the old covenant, right? The Old Testament, and and, um, and it's and it's broken up into the law, right? You've got the law, so Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. That's that's all the law, the Torah, that the Israelites kind of follow. Um, and so so we have the the law of God there, which um, gives us the Ten Commandments and things like that. And then you've got the history, right? The history of of God's people. Um, you know, it's the next twelve books from Joshua to Esther. And then you've got the books of poetry. So you've got Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon. Those are all the books of poetry. And then you've got the major prophets, uh, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel. And then you've got the minor prophets, Hosea to Malachi. And so, so, it, so you have that collection of books, right? 
in the Old Testament, and then you got the New Testament or the New Covenant, right? Testament, once again, covenant. You know, uh, it goes away from from um, you know. There's a new covenant, right? And it's not through Abraham, but who's it through? Jesus. Thank you. Yeah, it's through Jesus. You know, it's the covenant that God has entered into with believers through Jesus Christ, and so that's that's where we get the new the new covenant or New Testament from. Um, and so, and it's broken up into into the Gospels, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then you've got church history, uh, the beginnings of the church in Acts, and then you've got all the letters, you know, written written by Paul and, and, um, and um, James, thank you. And then, and then you've got prophecy, and then you've got the book of prophecy, Revelation. So, um, so, so the Bible is, is God's library, right? It's, it's consisting of all these different books, and, and its purposes are to teach, to rebuke, to correct, and to train in righteousness so that we as his followers can be equipped for every good work. And so we have what it is, right? We have what the Bible is, you know, uh, but what isn't it, right? Because there are, are people out there who have a very different view of what the Bible is or different opinions on what the Bible is. So let's look, let's look at uh, what the Bible isn't. And one one of the big arguments uh, out there regarding the Bible is that it was you know it was written by man, such a long time ago. So it's got to be flawed, right? It's got to be flawed. It's got to be inaccurate. Uh, and yes, you know men did men did did did, did um, write the Bible, but but those who who wrote these books were were motivated by God to do so. They were inspired by by God. You know the words that are written are are God's words. They are God's words. The hands that wrote them were just the instrument God used to, you know, to get his, his word into the world. Like if I broke my arms and I had to get Andrew to write everything down for me, that would be, that'd be awful. I don't want to do that. But, you know, but they would be, they'd be my words, but Andrew, he would, he would be the, 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 uh, is it the ghostwriter? Is that what, what you would call it? When you have somebody else write down your words, ghostwriter? Yeah. So, so like that. Uh, but God is just a holy ghostwriter, right? See what I did there? Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was so funny. There's so, so many people laughing, but, but that's what, um, you know, and that's what Paul is saying in in Second Timothy three, right? You know that scripture is, that that the Bible is is, is God breathed. It is God inspired. It's God's word spoken out and then written down by His followers. And so, because it's God's words, you know, we can we can understand it to be true, right? We can un- understand that to be true. Well, th- still there there are still those that are hung up on the fact that it's written by the hands of men and that there are so many translations. You know, how do I know that my translation is right? You know, how I know it's it's the right it's the right translation. Well, there's this thing called the inerrancy of the Bible. The, inerr- the inerrancy of the Bible. And, and you're not going to find that word in the Bible anywhere. It's a relatively newer term, newer word. But it means that God's authoritative word is wholly true and trustworthy in everything that it claims about, you know, what was, what is, and what will be. And, and this, this helps us with the questions if, you know, if, is, is the Bible true? Because so many people wonder that. And there are people that, that question that, you know, is it authoritative? Does it have authority? You know, uh, is, is it trustworthy? Because ultimately, you know, this is, this is what is at stake when we discuss this topic. That's what we're asking, you know, you know, does it have authority, right? You know, is it trustworthy? Is it true? That's what we're asking. So, so do, do you believe in the inerrancy of the Bible? You know, that God's word is without error. You know, we, we do see that concept actually appear in Scripture. And we've already read it, actually, in one verse, in 2 Timothy 3. 
verse 16, you know, that all scripture is God-breathed. Not some, not bits and pieces here and there, not just like the Gospels, but all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. And this is stating that if something is Scripture, then it's God-breathed. If it's in the Bible, if it is, if it is in Scripture, then it is breathed by God, is inspired by God, meaning directly inspired or written by Him. And then second, second time we see this in the Bible is in Numbers, chapter 23, verse 19. And it says, God is not a man that he might lie or a son of man, that he might change his mind? Does he speak and not act, or promise and not fulfill? So God, God never changes. God never changes. He, he is not a man. He doesn't lie or change his mind. He always keeps his promises. And we see that over and over and over and over again. We see this time and time again in Scripture that God does not change, that he always tells the truth. And so from this, we can conclude then, if the Bible was written by God, then what? Then every line, every jot, every tittle, if written by God, it's true. No ifs, ands, or buts. Because God doesn't lie. He doesn't change. He doesn't change his mind. And then thirdly, in John chapter 10, verse 35, it says, if he called those to whom the, the uh, I'm sorry, if he called those to whom the word of God came, God's and the scripture cannot be broken. And this is taken from another, another, um, another place in scripture. But Jesus he is, this is Jesus talking and, and he is telling those, there are people that are trying to stone him and they're trying to kill him because they're saying that he is blaspheming God, right? And, and they were basically, what they're trying to do here is they're trying to bend the word, uh, the word of God and, and take it out of context to make it seem like it's okay for them to stone him. And then Jesus tells them that Scripture cannot be broken. It cannot be twisted and conformed to man. It cannot be broken. He treated Scripture as authority. This is him t teaching that Scripture is, has all authority. It cannot be broken. And, you know, and we also see, by the way, we see Jesus regard Scripture as sustenance while being tempted in the wilderness. Remember that? When, when being tempted in the wilderness when being tempted by Satan to, hey, you're so hungry, right? Because he's out there, he's been fasting. He's, 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 probably, he's probably like starving. We say we're starving after like a couple hours of not eating. But he's like literally starving. He's been fasting. And Satan's like, yeah, why don't you turn that, that rock into some bread and eat? I know you got to be hungry, Jesus. And I, you can do it. So why don't you do it? And then Jesus is like, hey, you know, thou shalt not live on bread alone. And so Jesus, he's, he's regarding scripture as sustenance there while being tempted and so, you know, he considered it to be the bread on which he lived. So, so we have it right here, you know, and we can see that the scriptures themselves declare that they are true, trustworthy, and authoritative. Isn't it amazing? And it should be enough, by the way, for us to believe that the Bible is inherent and, and, and true. But maybe, maybe you're thinking, hey, what about all these translations that we have? You know, uh, how do I know, how do I know which one is the right one? And, you know, since they're all translated by man, you know, they have to be wrong or flawed. And of course, you know, we don't have the original manuscripts anymore. So in one sense, that argument is it's kind of invalid. But it, but it doesn't mean that we haven't accurately preserved the Word of God just because we don't have the original copies. You know, think about this. We have over 6,000 manuscripts of just the New Testament. Isn't that, that's, that's insane. 6,000 original, um, uh, manu I mean, uh, 6,000 manuscripts of the New Testament. That, that's a lot, by the way. I don't know if I have to tell you that, but that's a lot. 
And, and the Bible being thousands of years old, it's, it's older than, than um, you know, Shakespeare and the Iliad, the Odyssey. You know, we have more accurate biblical manuscripts with, within 99.6% accuracy than the works of Shakespeare and Homer's The Iliad. I mean, it's been, and it's been proven time and time again through, through, through archaeology and through, through historical scholars going back, going back millennia. You know, time and time again, the Bible has been proven to be true and without fault. As, for the, as, as far as the translations go, whether it's ESV or KGV or NIV or NKJV or, or CSV, there are so many translations out there. There are. Um, you know, just know that no translation is without error. And you're like, what? But you said the Bible's true, and it is. But, but what will happen over time is that because the original manuscripts are not around, you get typos. You know, you get, you get different spellings here and there, different wordings. It's kind of like the game Telephone. You ever play the game Telephone? We've played it, I think we haven't played it in a long time, you know, where you say the, you know, and Andrew's hair is brown. And then by the time you get down the line, it's like Benjamin's hair is orange. So, so you, you, get like all, you get like different things and different, different wordings and different groupings of words and different um, t- typos, you know, as you, as you go down. Um, but, and, but the thing is, this, and this is awesome, you know, but we have so many, so many copies of the Bible that biblical scholars can look at them and, and piece them together and, and, and kind of see what was written and kind of piece things together because we have so many. We have so many that they can actually just kind of lay it, lay them out there, and they can piece together what is being said, and what is what is discernible. Um, you know, just just think, we have the ability to translate with one hundred percent accuracy today. I mean, your smartphone that you have in your hand or in your pocket, um, you know, had probably has a translate app on it that can perfectly translate in seconds. So don't you think that that we can know with absolute certainty what the Bible says is accurate? You can trust your Bible. There may be different spellings here and there, different words, you know, in a few places or, or some textual variants. Um, but the overarching message and theme is unchanged and trustworthy. So you can trust your Bible. So what about contradictions? Have you ever heard that the Bible is full of them? That the Bible contradicts itself time and time again? I don't know about you, but when I hear that something has contradictions, I, like, I think of getting caught in a lie. When I was little, and I've told you this before, I'm sure, but when I was little, you know, I lied all the time. <laughs> I lied all the time to get out of trouble because I was an only child. And so I had to come up with all these, all these different stories about, about why what happened happened. You know, I had to I had to come up with all these all these. Oh, you know, that happened because, oh, you remember the dog got sick and he and he and he, you know, um, he threw up all over that. And then I had to use use that to wipe it up and and see. And I had to come up with these stories, but I always contradicted myself because and, and my parents knew it. They knew it, you know, because um, I can never keep all the stories straight. And it, it's kind of like asking, you know, asking my kids if they do, if they've done their homework you know, and, and, um, and so, yeah, I've done my homework, but now the funny thing is, you know, technology exists and I can, we can go and see, oh, you got a zero on that because you didn't do it. And so, and, and so now, you know, we can, we can see what happens. And you're like, yeah, that, that's happened. Contradiction. And so, and so this, this, uh, this actually brings us back to, to numbers, uh, chapter 23, verse 19, you know, God is not man that he should lie. 
You know, we see in Scripture time and time again quote itself and connect back to itself, you know, proving, proving it valid and truthful. I shared earlier, you know, in highs and lows that this morning I was invited to breakfast with, uh, with some older guys in the church, and, and they're going through the book of Revelation. And so I don't know, I don't know like why they have, you know, I don't know why they want me there talking about Revelation because, but, but it's, it's fun. I'm, I'm flattered and I'm honored to, to be able to be there. And it's, it's helped me brush up actually on Revelation. But there, uh, this morning they were going through Revelation chapter four. And this is neat. And this is neat because in Revelation chapter four, you know, John has this awesome vision of the throne room of God. And he sees God on his throne surrounded by these people and these beasts. I'm going to just listen, just listen to it, to what John describes. Uh, Revelation chapter 4, this is verses 2 through 8. I bet y'all didn't think I was going to get in Revelation tonight. It says, Immediately I was in the Spirit, and there was a throne in heaven, and someone was seated on it. The one seated there had all the appearance of jasper and carnelian stone, a rainbow that had the appearance of an emerald surrounded the throne. Around the throne were 24 thrones, and on the thrones sat 24 elders, dressed in white clothes with golden crowns on their heads. Flashes of lightning and rumblings, and pearls of thunder came from the throne. Seven fiery torches were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Something like a sea of glass, similar to crystal, was also before the throne. Four living creatures covered with eyes in front and in back were around the throne on each side. The first living creature was like a lion. The second living creature was like an ox. The third living creature had a face like a man. And the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings. They were covered with eyes around and inside. Day and night, they never stopped saying, Holy, 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 Lord God, the Almighty, who was, who is, and who is to come. It's amazing, isn't it? It gives me chills every time I read it. This is amazing, but it's a vividly described, uh, I'm sorry, vividly detailed description of the throne room of God. And, and we see this, we, actually we see this description elsewhere in the Bible. In Ezekiel chapter 1, Verses 4 through 12, it says, I looked and there was a whirlwind coming from the north, a huge cloud with fire flashing back and forth and brilliant light all around it. In the center of the fire, there was a gleam like amber. The likeness of four living creatures came from it, and this was their appearance. They looked something like a human, but each of them had four faces and four wings. Their legs were straight, and the soles of their feet were like the hooves of a calf, sparkling with the gleam of polished bronze. They had human hands under their wings and on their four sides. All four of them had faces and wings. Their, their, uh, their wings were touching. The creatures did not turn as they moved. Each one went straight ahead. Their faces looked something like the face of a human, and each, each of the four had the face of a lion on the right, the face of an ox on the left, and the face of an eagle. This is what their faces were like. Their wings were spread upward. Each had two wings touching that of another and two wings covering its body. Each creature went straight ahead. And wherever the spirit wanted to go, they went without turning as they moved. And then, all the way back in Isaiah chapter six, we we see once again, we see once again God's throne. It's in chapter six of Isaiah verses one and three, it says, "In the year that the king Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a high and lofty throne, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. Seraphim were standing above him. They each had six wings. With two they covered their faces. With two they covered their feet. And with the other two they flew." And one called to another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of armies. His glory fills the whole earth. And so we have these vividly detailed descriptions from three places, three different places in the Bible. Ezekiel and Isaiah, they were both prophets in the Old Testament whom God spoke to and gave visions to. 
And, and then we have John's account in Revelation that lines up with these Old Testament prophets, and it shows that John isn't having just some hallucination, you know, due to starvation or dehydration. He's not drunk or high on acid. His visions are authentic and true, and that he is to be trusted as a prophet. That everything that comes after, uh, you know, Revelation chapter 4 is to be considered true and authentic from God. But here, Scripture lines up and it proves itself accurate. You know, Jesus himself, by the way, fulfilled at least 300 prophecies, if not more, in his earthly ministry. It's just truth after truth after truth. And so here's the thing about the Bible. There is more evidence that it is the true and errant word of God than not. But still, sadly, there are those out there who just choose not to see the truth. You know, they will put up walls and, and, and throw out what ifs. And to those, I say, get to know the Bible for yourself. Research it for yourself. Don't take mine or anybody else's word for it. Open it up and read it. Open it up and read it for yourself. You know, put in the work and don't just write it off or throw out your opinions on it if you've never read it yourself. Because ultimately, the Bible's written to you. It's written for us. You know, for us to know and understand God, his nature, and his love for mankind. You know, that's the message of the Bible. And that's actually what we're going to be looking at next week. You know, the, the, the message of the Bible. I'm so, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited for next week already. Because ultimately, that's, that's what it is. And, and, and I, hope, I hope this was informative. You know, that, that, and I also hope that this has motivated, motivated you to get to know the Bible more. You can read about all the weird creatures in Revelation. That's always fun. You know, I, I think that, I really do think that we can make it more difficult than it needs to be. You know, reading the Bible. You know, but getting to know the Bible means to getting to know God. You know, and, and we should have a want to do that as believers daily, by the way, not just on Wednesdays or Sundays, because the Bible is not just some old book. Well, it's old, but it's so relevant. It's relevant today as, just as much as it was back then. It's, it's still powerful and has the ability to change lives. Hebrews 4 verse 12, for the word of God is living and effective and sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrating as far as the separation of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The Bible's alive. Do you believe that tonight? That it's alive and it has the power to convict and to change the heart of even the vilest of sinners? That it's written to help encourage and, to, and, and help us to persevere in this, in this dark and broken world? Romans 15, 4, for whatever was written in the past was written for our instruction so that we may have hope through endurance and through the encouragement from the scriptures. Now, what is the Bible to you? Let's get personal. What's the Bible to you? What, is God, what does God's word mean to you? What is it for you? Is it just another book? Some old, maybe dusty book? Because you haven't opened it in a while? Is it even true? Do you even consider the Bible to be true? Does, does, the, does the word of God lead you? Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Can you say that tonight? Is that, is, is that true for you tonight? Or has your path been, been pretty dark lately? Because the word of God has been absent from your life. What needs to happen for you to get to know God's word tonight? You know, before, before a tragedy draws you to your knees, before a hard time or a heartbreak 
enters into your life and it, it draws you to your knees and to the word of God, consider this a wake-up call. Open up your Bible and get to, go, and get to know God tonight. Pray with me and then you can, go, you can go to small group. Father, thank you so much for tonight, God. Father, I thank you for all those that are here gathered that we could be here tonight to, to, uh, to study your word together, Father. And God, I, I thank you for it. I thank you for, for the Bible, for, for your word, God. So that, uh, I just thank you for the impact that, that it's had on my life personally, but Father, I thank you for the impact that it's had just on, on the world, God, and for the life-changing power that it, that it is. But God, my, my prayer tonight is that, that we can, now that we, we know what the Bible is, Father, that we, that we can actually have more confidence in, in sharing it and in reading it and be motivated to study it for ourselves. Because, because, Father, we are, you sustain us via prayer and by, by reading your word daily, God. But as we've seen with the, stat, with the, with the stats tonight, there are so many people who, who aren't reading their Bibles, who aren't opening it daily or even weekly. So God, I pray that that tonight that um, we can be motivated, that we can be convicted, Father, to uh, to to be better, to do better at 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 reading Your Word, to getting to know You, Father, because the thing is, Your Bible, You You've given it to us. You've given Your Word to us, God. So Father, we have to do something with it. We have to open it. We have to read it. So God, I don't know what needs to happen tonight. If there's somebody here who who who's just not reading it, who's who's, you know, maybe maybe it's maybe it's because some they've they've believed some of these myths, some of these lies when it comes to the Bible. Maybe maybe they've believed that for for a long time. And and Father, I I pray that 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 can end tonight, that they can start to understand and know that that Your Word is true, that you are that it is trustworthy, that it is authoritative. But Father, I pray, God, that we, can, that we can open up your word daily, study it and read it and allow it to change us. But God, I do pray as, as go into a time of, of, um, of discussion. God, I pray for openness. I pray for honesty. So just be with us now in your name we pray. Amen. All right. You're dismissed. Well, thank you for for listening and taking time to uh, to listen to this. Um, you know, and I hope through this, you know that that you feel equipped in in defending the Bible and, and sharing with others what it is that it's it's God's library. You know, uh, made up to um, to teach, to rebuke, to to train uh, and correct in righteousness, so that we can go out and give God glory and do good works. And so. Um, you know, that's something that we need to understand about Scripture, and we need to know without a shadow of a doubt that it is God-breathed, that it is inspired by God, that it is His words, um, ultimately, that were um, pinned out by His followers, you know, via inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And so, um, you know, I hope, I hope that is something you know, or at least maybe now that you understand a bit better, um, you know, understand a little bit more about, about the Bible, um, you know, and, and like I said, you know, I hope I hope you don't take my word for it. I hope you have a motivation and a want and a drive to get to know God's word yourself, so that you can go and, and research it and open it and read it and study it um, for yourself. As always, I'm always here. You know, you can drop a comment, you can leave leave us a comment, and I can um, 
you know, and that, and that we we can we can talk or uh, you know get, like like our like our podcast wherever you listen to it, share it with others. Um, but but once again, thank you for taking time out of your busy day to just to just listen and check out what we're doing here at Watson Baptist Church in the student ministry. Um, so, uh, but as always, you know, you're, you're, uh, you're valued, you're loved and thank you from the bottom of my heart once again for tuning in. Um, I guess, I guess you're dismissed. <laughs>